0: Hey everybody, Brian Holland here with the plugs for this week. We're going to mention, we haven't mentioned for a little while, is the Winning Agenda Playmat super sweet, totally cool, rad, TWA, (laughs) Playmat... that you can get on inkedplaymats.com so if you go to inkedplaymats.com type the winning agenda into the search bar you can find uh the winning agenda playmat that you can get exclusively there and a little bit of that does go to us i think they've got a pretty sweet black friday themed sale going on at the moment which includes free shipping and maybe 24 percent off probably ending very soon so jump on there real soon and if you do get one or if you're one of the one of the fantastic people that's already picked up one picked one up please uh post a photo of you using it on, on our facebook wall or tweet it at us because we love to see people getting having a rad time with some twa swag alternatively if you're a bit like wilfie horrigan don't really see the use of play mats and you still want to try and you know figure out how you can help support us other than tuning in every week and interacting with us on the internet you can jump onto our patreon account at www.patreon.com slash the winning agenda and you can throw some coins our way if you'd like to support us in a very small but meaningful way we'd super appreciate it there's heaps of reward tiers in there and you can check out all the benefits that you get from that enjoy this week's episode of twa Good evening, and welcome to episode 61 of The Winning Agenda. Tonight, our panellists include 2014 Australian National Champion and 2014 World's Top 16 competitor, Jesse Marshall. Hello. And two-time World's Top 8 competitor, Dave Hoyland. Hi, guys. And I'm your host, Brian Holland. So, Dave, uh, all about you this week, we've had our sort of two-part bit with Dan over the last couple of weeks, and we're super stoked for you. we were certainly following you along uh, from this side of the world, mostly via Twitter, because most of us had to go to work and things like that Monday morning. Um, obviously very excited. You started the, the Swiss, um, n- not in the best form, just, um, and then you came back and you just slew. So take us through it. How'd it go?
1: Um, the whole experience of Worlds um, is amazing. Um, I want to go back again. Um, one of the key things for me was... The fact that there were about another 12 uh, guys from Britain who came along. Um, I think some of them, because I was like, last year, guys, it was an amazing experience, start saving now. Um, so, you know, that, as much as it was great taking my wife last year, um, taking a bunch of guys um, who were massively enthused about the game and had a great experience was, you know, a key yeah, part. The, the camaraderie
0: would have been really yeah, good. it was really it?
1: good. So, yeah, um... So good. The, um, so, things to note, uh, King of Servers was probably a good thing to talk about. Um, yeah, so yeah. Think, uh, that was
0: the uh, the ANRPC team tournament that uh, Dan spoke about last week, yeah, so, and you guys, uh, well, spoilers, but you guys won, so <laughs> how was the experience though? Yeah,
1: good. I mean, um, spike did an amazing job organising it, it was really good fun, and um, you know, and the team format is brilliant, and I wish we did more sort of stuff like that. So, Spike says he's going to do it again next year, hopefully. So, yeah.
2: What did you enjoy most about playing with a team?
1: So, um, the weirdest thing was just going, just looking at hand of cards and going, "Do I do I keep this?" And being and able to just, ask So your I, was,
0: friend, your I was just friends,
1: like, yeah, yeah. "Guys, do I do I keep this?" And then there was, um, I had some quite bad match so I was playing Leela, unsurprisingly. And and I played against yeah. a couple of Blue Sun decks, including a Blue Sun kind of six-gen kill deck, and I was thinking, what, what do I do, do in this situation? Like, he's installed double advance, <laughs> he knows I can get in. Like, this is, you know, and he's just like talking it through with some other team and going, well, what I could do is like double bank job it and then, you know, and then try it and stuff like that, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was really nice to be able to go... What, what do you think my best play is in this situation, um, you know, things like that. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a very interesting experience, and one of the things I liked um, and kind of got good feedback as opposed to some of the other team tournaments that have been done, um, like Bourne Quinns did in London, was that we all played as a team, we were sat next to each other and could ask each other for advice and that made a massive difference so um, yeah it's really good
0: yeah that's how we've run ours here for sure
1: I was just going to say if anyone does do team tournaments then I massively recommend that people you know get to sit with their team and have team talk and you know ask each other for advice
0: yeah otherwise it's not really a team tournament it doesn't feel the same way that's what makes it so unique if it's just like uh, everyone goes off and plays regular Swiss matches but everyone collects the same prestige It's, it's not the same as being paired like on a table with your team and you can be there for the bad beats and the hard wins it's all good yeah
2: yeah, you get that hive mind effect and you yeah. get to ride the emotions of everyone else's game as well as yours. I mean, it exhausts you by the end of it. But I think, Dave, I mean, I find when I have played team events that we've all got something to learn as players from other people. Yeah. We all have patterns of play that we get into and things that we, decisions that we'll generally make if we get into a certain situation. And I find hearing other people's thoughts on what they would do is really refreshing and helps me to challenge some of my own presumptions. Did you find that as well?
1: Yeah, very much so. Like, I had a uh, matchup against a um, Data League Reversal uh, Valencia deck and it came down to the wire and I was like okay so I've got a couple of plays here I think I should do this and they were like no I think you should do this and basically I could just go for the score out and he was basically going to mill five cards and um, run archives And I was, but I had a Jackson in hand but I couldn't install the Jackson and go for the score of the Future Perfect and I was like uh, So, you know, is that kind of... That we're going through all the different options and discussing it. And what my natural kind of like, I just want to go for the win. Just take the risk and go for it. And some of the guys were like, no, oh, let's play more cautiously. And that sort of stuff. So, you know, everyone has different ways of playing and you just got to learn from them. Because different situations, Ooh. different different calls
2: that's great and that must have been a great way to lead into the main event having that sort of experience where you're really challenging all your thoughts and all your presumptions and honing your play and then being able to take that into the main event
1: itself yeah I mean I probably should do a, a bit of a call out to Zach really uh, Zach Eaton-Rosen or Gruber on the uh, Hack forums because uh, he he went 9-1 on the day for the team um, and he was playing Wayland and he, some of his plays were absolutely amazing throughout the day um, it, so he had, well, the, ha- he had he the hard playing. slot he had the hard yeah, slot, he the hard hard slot. Yeah. Um, And he, he, he flatlined pretty much all of his opponents um, Including some notable names um, And it You know it, He basically did it by Doing stupid plays So like he flatlined people with um, You know, six advanced June bugs um, he, he flatlined people <laughs> after, with punitives After they scored um, Like government takeover, stuff like that but the way he kind of got them to either steal the agenda or run into the June bug was just like, you know, making dumb plays. And people, it really confused people. So, you know.
0: Yeah, they're like, well, we wouldn't do that unless that was a government takeover, so I better run there. And oh no, it's, it's five advancements, uh, June yeah. bug, and something like that, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah it's really. Or seven. He really played it well, <laughs> so it's good. Um, but yeah, the other thing that. Um, I kind of went into the main event thinking, even if I do terribly, I'm really happy because two things had happened. One we'd won King of Servers, which was amazing. The other thing is um, there's a Netrunner um, forum on the um, Penny Arcade and so I obviously spend a lot of time there kind of talking to people like Dex and um, a number of the guys who hang out there um, were at Worlds and they presented me with a certificate. of, of appreciation, basically for um, you know saying how helpful I'd been to the community there, and they made a kind of an alt art um, Cerberus Rex for me. So, oh, that's oh, yeah. so cool.
0: I, yeah, I think I saw that photo online. I think you might have shared it on Facebook. Or yeah, yeah it was really, really cool. Yeah. yeah, it just it just really shows how how great the um, the Netrunner community is that they're willing to you know the, acknowledge those things and also just be there for one another. You know, it's really great.
1: Nice. Yeah, it was really nice. So I kind of felt like world had been brilliant. Kind of going into the main event, so
2: yeah. So uh, and then you just went home after that. <laughs> you were happy, yeah.
0: Just keep keep warm in your uh, in your hotel room and didn't brave the cold. Felt like I should and, have done. Uh, didn't have to. Didn't, have, didn't didn't have to attend the main event, so you can watch it on Twitch from
1: home. Yeah. I wish, I, in some ways, I wish I had because I was quite ill on uh, <laughs> the, of, uh, yeah. <laughs> the main event. And uh, yeah, so
0: you, you start off here. You're uh, you're a bit unwell.
1: Yeah, so uh, it was a bit of a rough. Uh, bit of a rough day but um
2: so that might be an experience that some of our listeners have had sort of coming into an event feeling a bit under the weather and that affects you mentally in a whole range of ways when this game is just so mentally taxing anyway how did you deal with that
1: um it's pretty rough actually um one of the things i found was that when i was under no pressure kind of at the start i was like well we'll just see how it goes i'm not feeling great but we'll just kind of get on with it. Um and towards kind of after lunch, um when I'd been very sick, I was like, well, I'm 5 and 3, so I can afford to drop one more game. I've got to kind of step up. I want to at least do well if, even if I don't make the cut. So, it was kind of like it was just really for me about kind of focus of I've just got to do this. Um my first game back after lunch was split and I was like, hmm. So if I don't win out now, um, sweep all three of my rounds, I'm done. And that, I don't know why, but that kind of helps. I've, I've just got it's all or nothing now.
2: Yeah, that can be a really tough spot to be in, because you can start putting too much pressure on yourself and thinking, oh, I've come all this way, I've got to get in, you know, I've got to justify it. But it's great that you were able to turn it into a motivation that was positive.
1: Yeah, I mean... Part of it was right. I want to do well, so I've got to go for it, and I've got nothing to lose. But it it was definitely helped by the fact that the last two days with King of Servers and you know the the guys from Penny Arcade being really nice and stuff. I kind of felt like even if I don't, I've had a brilliant experience, so it doesn't matter. Um, But and the other thing was a lot of it came down to the meta. So I'd made some very specific meta calls on my decks, and before lunch I found. Those meta calls weren't as good, um, and I had some bad matchups. After lunch, I basically saw all the decks I wanted to see, and my decks were tech for. So, talk us through
2: that. Uh, what What was the meta call that you made, and how did it pay off?
1: So, um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about um, the decks I took. So, um, on the Corp side, I took HB Glacier. Um,
0: was this the variant with Global Food Initiatives? Yes. and Breaker Bay? Yes.
1: So, um, it's fairly standard with a few, I made a few decisions about what I thought the meta was going to be like um, on that as well. So, most of the HB Glacier decks are running Tollbooth, um, which I decided not to run um, purely just because of influence. I felt that 2 Caprice was pretty much essential for the deck, um, and I felt that because um, decks like Kate are just so good at remote locking you if you don't have something which they can't just maths out and know how many credits they need to get into a server then um, you'll probably lose to, to some sort of Kate deck I also felt that Crissium Grid was a very necessary include because of the account siphon um, present in the uh, Valencia DLR decks and also the amount of run events that are in Kate decks so with 2 Caprice with Global Food, with Chrisium, um, and with Jackson, that's basically your influence gone. So um, I decided to do some testing with uh, Three Assassin as my kind of, big eyes, and they did work all day. So,
2: We saw those in the top 16 doing quite a bit of work. Mm. How did you how did you find that? on? You were playing it on your centrals quite a bit, I saw, and also sometimes on your remote in front of a tour. Yeah,
1: they were brilliant. So the amount of games I had where someone would go... Like my first turn would be install install take a credit and for hb that puts you up to seven and i played a lot of noise and sometimes they would just be like oh well install cash, I'll install imp and run and i'd be like okay so they'd lose three cards massive tempo hit, they'd lose the program they've just installed and yeah they'd get a one card access but there's not a lot of agendas in the deck there's only nine and um yeah that you have to score four so it yeah and then they never run there again until they've parasited or they've got a David or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was um, really recommend Assassin. I like it a lot.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so, you said that you made this call to play this deck because of the runner meta that you're expecting to see. What was it specifically that you were trying to fight against?
1: Um, well, actually, I was expecting to see a lot of Valencia and I was expecting to see a lot of Kate. I actually saw a lot more noise than I was expecting as well, which the deck was quite good against. Um,
0: well, I think noise was the th- was it the third or the fourth most popular. Third, winner? behind Valencia. Yeah, third. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So your your Crisium worked out in that regard.
1: Yeah. Um.
2: Um. And was that was that the main element of the meta call, or was it the scarcity of agendas and the fact that they had to score for? Was that what the challenge was that you were laying down to those decks, or what was there something else?
1: Yeah, mostly kind of Chris and caprice doing work. Um. The other thing was, it was a choice about what um, the other corp decks could do. So the only other corp deck I really felt that was viable was any um, H astrobiotics, um, and that's because it was fast enough to deal with um, Valencia DLR, and the fact that. It had an okay matchup against Kate.
2: Yeah, that would have been my choice for the tournament beforehand for those exact reasons. Yeah. So what made you choose um, the HB deck over that?
1: I like playing Glacier more. I'm more comfortable with it. I'm better with it. I can play astrobotics and have done, but I think it's just more... you control wizard. Yeah, basically. Uh,
2: so your last... um, you, you had that deck with the Punitive Counter-Strikes and the Archive Memories. Was that last regionals and national
1: season? Yeah. So, and, um, I want and this was HB sort of Lacy a callback to that
2: in a way. Yeah.
1: So it's very much like I didn't have a, do a lot of practice with it, but it was a, it was very easy, I guess, for me just to pick it up again. So
2: one of the things that is interesting about all of the, the variants of this deck is that I think the ice suite is very diverse and interesting. It's sort of a bit different to the way it used to be. Do you want to talk us through that and how it felt? Playing with that, you've already told us a bit about Assassin, but I guess between Assassin and Architect, you've got some permissive but powerful ice, and then you've also got some stuff that ends the run in a different way with Turing. Yeah, so how did it all? How did it all feel?
1: The the ice we felt very good. Um, having three Architect, three Itchy, three Assassin was um, quite troublesome for a lot of runners, um, especially uh, runners such as Kate who don't really have a a great Sentry uh, Breaker. So. Um, because they put a lot of pressure on, they needed their mimic. Then they're going to need an Atman, probably at four, um, and then they didn't have anything to deal with um, assassin unless they were a recurring sharpshooter. And that's actually a card which a lot of Kate decks have dropped, strangely. So, um, mm. yeah, it's um, the sent- having nine sentries of different strengths felt very strong. Um, the having three Turing in a matter where there was a lot of Faust felt very strong. Um, and then Eli is always good, as is kind of and um, cheap and the run ice, which is basically what makes up the ice suite. So yeah, it was um, it felt kind of a very strong I think HB ice has always been strong, but certainly at the moment it's it's very good.
2: Because you've got those the ice that is offensive, and you've got fantastic defensive ice. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like a great deck, and it looked like it played out really well for you in in the videos we one, saw.
1: One of the key things for me was actually um, the agenda suite. So most of the kind of food coat stacks, as it's kind of come to be known, are running three NAPD, Um and I'm not. I'm only running the one, and I'm running um, three Vitruvius. So a lot of my ice isn't actually in the run. Assassin, Architect, Itchy. Um, even the Turing's can be clicked through, even the Elies. So, actually, what I found was that if a runner wants to get in, they can, and they will. But the amount of time, generally, and you probably saw this a lot in some of the games on uh, Twitch, is I just store stuff in remotes, and the runner would start off by checking everything, and then they'd just be like, I can't check everything. It costs me either all of my turn, or it costs me a lot of money, and so they'd stop. And actually, that's when you just score the agendas. Um, and it's really easy to either get to four points and then... Install an agenda and leave it there for three or four <laughs> turns like you did in that game. was <laughs> way longer than three or four turns. Um, yeah, uh, yeah it, <laughs> was. it was a long time. <laughs> um, But yeah, so...
2: Talk talk us through how that felt. I mean, just while we're on that topic.
0: Oh, just... Well, I mean, give our listeners some context. Those of you who didn't, didn't see, the, see the, uh, the, the Twitch stream the yeah, yeah. the particular talk, game. Talk us Dave.
2: through the decision yeah. you made and then how it felt.
1: So, so, this is the Timmy Wong game. So, it was... um the matchup for uh, second place to go into the final to play, Dan. Um, so, I, um, Timmy had hit an architect and I knew that there was a global food initiative coming up. I also knew that I didn't have a secure remote um, to score it in. So, I had a resed Itchy, which effectively I was planning to use that remote um, for campaigns. Um, just so if he wanted to trash my Eves and Adonises, that was fine, but he'd have to go through energy to do it, so just to tax him a bit more. Um,
2: And he had an admin at four at this point, didn't he? Yes.
1: Um, So it was just effectively like, okay, I'm going to tax. So I drew the global food. I knew I didn't have any way of scoring it, so I put it down in that remote, um, working on the principle of, I keep putting stuff in remotes, and he keeps running into them, and he had basically no money um, he didn't. I was hoping that he wouldn't run it because he thought I was just trying to tax him.
2: So and how, he was on six points at this point as well. wasn't uh, yeah.
1: So if he ran there, he would have. I won. think he was on four. I believe that was. A lot I of think of he was th- on four, and then he scored there's two points th- shortly okay. after. Um, but I could be wrong. Sure, but yeah.
2: the, so yeah, but it was down there when he was on six points. At yeah, some point a, there was
1: yeah. a
0: long stretch of time where if he had run that, he would have won Correct. the
1: game. but basically, what happens in Noterunner runner is if the person someone puts down a card and they don't score it the next turn, you basically forget about it, right? Because it's not on an agenda, yeah. because if it was, he would have scored it. So it sits there. I'm
0: curious as to what, what he might have thought it was, though, because if it's not in a campaign because you haven't resed it, is it in your scoring server with where you it But it could have been a Breaker like that? It could it have serpent?
1: been a Breaker Bay. Obviously, that yeah, true, that yeah. theory comes out a bit later on where it won't have been, because I installed an EVE naked um, in a, no, a new remote. Yeah. But by that point, you you know, we're talking, what, five, six, seven turns down the road. Um, mm.
2: And runners can get a bit tunnel-visioned yeah, and just can, be looking yeah. at, you know, trying I'm to win. I'm fairly sure <laughs> he
1: just forgot about it and was like, that card is not relevant to this game. Yeah. yeah. And when I was on um, six points, I think, I was drawing for an agenda and I didn't draw one. And I drew into um, some a wall of static and I was like, hmm, well... He's lost both of his Corrodas to, to brain damage from stim hacks or Assassins or whatever it was. Yeah, I was like, I could actually score this Global Food now. <laughs> Which is why I went for it. And yeah, it, it's interesting that, you know, obviously, he spoiler, but uh, Timmy won off uh, the top deck of uh, R&D. But if he hadn't, that would have been a good play.
0: That but, been th- I mean, yeah. it is
1: quite... I mean, I like scoring, just putting out agendas naked. Um, or putting them in servers where the running can get in, they just probably don't want to because it's too expensive. Um, and if you don't advance cards, often people won't run. So I really like the Never advanced game, um, and yeah, it did a lot of work. Uh, normally the deck's meant to score 3 agendas to win, so a global food and then some of the 2 pointers, but m- many of my games I scored um, out scoring th- uh, 4 three twos um, because people just didn't ever want to check um the uh, remote servers I'd created because as an example in one game against noise, um, I had a remote server which was um assassin Turing wall of static. Doesn't ever want to go in there. Not for a not unless he knows know. yeah. he could get in. Like, he had a David and he was full. But that he's not gonna get in very often, so unless I advance something he never ran it. So I just put in the he's three go for it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that strat too. I dig that.
2: That sounds great, Dave. Yep. And I guess we've got a couple of minutes left to talk about Runner, Brian. No, we got t- Oh, yeah, yeah, we got time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, Dave, obviously, like you, you've been championing Leela for a very long time, long before Worlds, and you're also the only criminal player uh, in the top 16. So I have to ask, did did you not get the memo that criminal is bad and unplayable <laughs> at the moment? Like, what made you uh, think that, that, you know, you could play well with criminal because they're so terrible?
1: So, I... I'm a big.
0: I'm being sarcastic for those <laughs> those of you who are listening who don't realise. But go on, go on, Dave. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So I've been playing Lila. So Lila was the the fun deck I, I picked up after Worlds and was like as a for a bit of a break. I was like, ah. Oh, Last year. Yeah. yeah. Um. I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'll just I'll play something fun. I'll play this new ID, and I was like, wow, this lady is amazing. So, um, I played Lila through store champs, regionals, nationals, um, to great success. Um, and then I I gave her up for a bit. So, coming up to Worlds, I was thinking, right, War is going to be the top deck. Um, what is it that I really need to beat? And I think I got it a bit wrong, um, in all honesty. I thought the top decks to beat were going to be Astrobiotics um, and some form of Butcher Shop or Convenience Shop, some sort of half scored kill deck. Um, and Leela is. Absolutely outstanding against those decks. Um, she, that's what she's tech to beat. The current version I'm running, which has security testing, bank jobs, all that sort of stuff. It's like, you give me an open remote, and I've just got infinite money. Um, and therefore, I can trash anything you put down. So it-
0: Interesting that bank job has somehow made a bit of a resurgence thing. It's been around for so long, obviously from the core set. But even when Andy was uh, the, the king of runners, or the queen of runners, I should say. Um, there, wasn't, there wasn't many lists playing bank job? Why do you think it that's was, changed?
2: It was very big at Worlds last year.
1: Was it? Yeah. Oh,
0: just ignore me completely then. Sorry.
1: Oh. I don't know if it was big, <laughs> on, but yeah. yeah, it was certainly people who knew that NEH was going to be absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. Run it.
2: It was a hoser for horizontal deck. Timmy Wong yeah. was
1: running it in his gave deck last year, um, and I was running security testing with John Masanori uh, this year and last year, and I um, felt that that was really strong. This year, I... I went even further and played bank job because I felt last year that was something I should have played. It was good enough to to play it. Um, so interesting. The matter was a lot of HB and a lot of any um, age or half scored. So in the top sixteen, there was a lot of a lot of um, HB. Um, so did I get the matter right? Mm, I'm not convinced I did. Um, Elad who also took my leader deck um, we were talking about it beforehand and we were basically saying if we see yellow um, throughout the day, we'll win. If we see purple, we'll probably lose. Um, so it was very much a kind of a, a risk, but we felt that if you're going into worlds, and you def- you play the safe deck. So we could have taken something like Kate, but in all honesty, that's sometimes you need to take a risk to do well, right? So that was that was of the course. Logic. Yeah. um and this it comes down to the first four matches I played, I think, were against um H B and you know, at the end at lunchtime I had a five three win record. Um, and yeah, it, was I was thinking this isn't this isn't great so uh yeah. obviously I was probably more thinking about being ill but uh, I was yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the rest of team uh, UK were doing really well I was really pleased for them at the same time I was also kind of like you know I really want to be up there with them um maybe a little jealous if I'm honest you know I'm, I was pleased for them, but again, I, I wanted to be one of the ones doing Of course,
0: well. yeah, that makes perfect sense. You're there with your team, you want to be doing well with your team, and, and, and being all part of it, you know, it sucks to feel like you're the only one who's not doing as well as everyone yeah. else, particularly if you're all mates, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, did well at Worlds last year, you know, former UK national champion, but therefore, you yeah. know, I do put a lot of pressure on myself, I guess, to... Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, there's an expectation that I do well. So... um. Anyway, the afternoon I was, I came back. I was very focused. Um, probably helped I'd been ill, um, and I played four yellow decks, and I was like, oh, good. <laughs> <wince>. <laughs> well, I played any age. I played halfs uh, You know, but I played all these decks that actually I was, I was. That's what I wanted to play, um, and yeah, just did did really well. So. I can't complain. Um, so I ended up uh, with a 12 4 record, um, which was enough for the yeah, cut. You also
0: had some uh, very uh, swift and brutal matchups against uh, Replicating Perfection, I'm pretty sure. If I read that correctly somewhere.
1: So that was in the in the cut I played against Replicating. I oh, it was in the yeah. cut, was it? Oh, sorry. So um, moving on to that, the cut was. Uh, my first match in the cup was against uh, uh, D.N. from Canada, an amazing guy who I charged you quite a lot throughout the weekend. Um, you know, so I've got a lot of time for him. That was um, on Twitch. I think most of my games were were filmed by Team Covenant. If they went on Twitch, so I'm sure they'll be around. But, um, but yeah, so that was a, a HB versus Valencia, um, standard Valencia rather than DLR game. It was a really good game, very close. Um, which I managed to pull out. The second, the second game was the, the one you're talking about, Brian, which is um, was against uh, Noah McKee's um, RP. Um, so I never played Noah before, but uh, scary good player. Very very focused. Um, uh, plays with earplugs in, so he doesn't get distracted by like outside noise and you know stuff like that. Oh, wow, um, okay. Like you know, seriously focused. Um, the so I ended up playing him twice. Um, in the cut. Um, so the first game was regrettably over and about. It well, was over in two turns where um, he left R&D open um, I think because not having enough ice and because I think he was a little bit flooded and so he went and got Jackson um, to with executive boot camp to sort it out but leaving it open on R&D against Leela was um basically can be crazy so i saw an agenda on the second turn um, cuz i put down an, uh, an RD interface scored a future perfect which then uh, how much did you bid on the side zero yeah <laughs> um, to, to be fair that's not it was second click it was and i was so if i had a desperado out, he had i think 3 hmm. or 4 credits if he didn't bid zero i was just going to keep running bidding zero so yeah. he ended up with no money and i ended up with you know, a massive advantage. So, yeah.
2: and then you got to bounce the HQ ice and then run HQ. Is that what happened? So or? I,
1: I, scored the future perfect. He'd double iced HQ, um, which was basically because he, what the first ice he had, there was a pup and he was worried about the legwork or the siphon. Um, so yeah, I scored the future perfect, bounced one of the ice, went in again, hit a global food on the, the new card, bounced the other ice mm. and then run HQ and scored. Um, as soon as, I, wow. but as soon as I was on five points, it was, and he had no ice on the board. It was basically game, um, because a yeah. lot of my runs were dirty laundry runs. Like I had loads of money, I had five points. I mean,
0: yeah, they had nothing on the field. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's the low, uh, the Leela snowball effect. Effect, you know, yeah. it doesn't happen very yeah. often, but when it does, you basically just win games. It reminds me of kind of Corset Gabe, uh, of of one. Okay, bro, thanks. Um, <laughs> we had another game in the cut. Um, which was much, much closer, um, and I basically won two out of three side games. So this is
2: where you, you managed to get through into a double advanced future perfect, past a Nisei counter and a Caprice. Yeah, yes,
1: two out of three side I remember games. watching this on
0: Twitter. I was standing at work refreshing my Twitter feed every, like, four seconds, trying to, what the hell is happening here? Because they're like, oh, he's about to side game. I'm like, Are you fucking shitting me out like <laughs>
2: So, talk us through these side games. I mean, yeah, you won—you won, won a lot of side games, both as your corp defending your remotes, but also uh, as runner in that RP. Mm-hmm. How do you approach them? I mean, you don't have to tell us all your secrets, but I always... was there a plan that was executed and you felt like it was successful?
1: Well, sometimes um, some some of it is luck, right? But some of it is—I never so I always roll a die, and then I never pay any attention to what it's the die just... says.
0: Just to tilt your opponent. no it just
1: yeah. gives them, you know, it just gives them false information. No information. Like. Um, yeah. You might as well,
2: yeah. yeah. So,
1: in this case, I was I taken ages to set up my board state um, as Leela. and in that time, Noah had scored out a um, nisei. He celebrity gifted a couple of times. I had basically had a, had a future perfect in hand. I was not uh, great. Which I couldn't get to. So he had loads of money. He just scored a nisei. Um, I made an R&D run. He, when he had installed advanced a card, he uh, he ended the run and then scored another nisei. So he had four points. Had a nisei counter. Had a caprice in the remote. I was like, my, I literally said at the time, well, that's probably game. Said it out loud. You know, I thought, that's probably done. So, uh, I've got Katie going. That's
2: that's how everybody's probably felt as runner in that sort of situation.
1: Yeah, Yeah. 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 So, I had a couple of choices. You you went for it. Yeah, Yeah. I had a couple of choices. I could have just gone for R&D, but I felt that if I went for R&D, he'd just end the run and and score. So, I ran, ended the run on an Eli or something, and then ran the remote. I I could get in three times, had enough money, but I had to win two of my three side games. So I did. Um, the side Games. don't know if you should probably tell everyone this, but... Um, all three times, I bid zero. So... Noah bid zero, then he bid two, then he bid zero. He was randomising, I think. Um, I don't think if I'd spent more money than zero or one every time, I'd have had enough money to get in every time. Um, but if I did, I wouldn't have had much left. So... I won that, um, and I trashed the caprice. He lost his Nisei token, so I think Noah felt that he couldn't just score right, even though I think he had another, he had a future perfect in hand. So I was like, uh, so I built up for a couple of, for a turn, and then I ran R and D. Um, Noah played Cerebral Static, which is a card I've never had played against me. Um, so I ran R and D. I see two agendas. I'm so, so I'm on six points. Brill. That that seems good.
2: Good, yeah. So that you'd gone from two to six just off R and D.
1: Yeah, um, which is probably lucky. I mean, the the second agenda actually didn't end up mattering. But um, so mm. Noah spent some time rebuilding his remote. Um, I don't think I realised this at the time, but I think I trashed all his caprices. Um, I think I'd seen them either in R and D or he discarded them or whatever. So he didn't feel like his remote was particularly secure um, and he he changed the ice on it I think um, like he installed some ice and then the next day he got rid of one of them and put a different one down so <coughs> he definitely felt like you know his remote wasn't secure enough without the caprice so while he's doing this I know he's got a future perfect unless he's discarded it um, during some J- uh, jackson draws. so I legwork into HQ um, and in a, my plan is, if I don't hit anything, then I can just continue with my R and D lock with my my two R and D eyes. Um, I hit an agenda, um, so, and we play a side game. And I think I have bid zero on every side game so far against Noah. Um, he's going to expect me to bid zero, so I reckon he'll bid one. Oh, he bid one. I don't know if that's what he—I wow. don't know if that's yeah. what he thought, or if he randomised or what. Um, yeah. But, but yes, I won a lot of my side games and. No, I had an amazing start. Um, or at least it felt that way to me. I don't know how he feels. Um, I don't know. It was a really good game, and it came down to some side games. Um, it took me ages to get it set up, but when I was set up and I could get into R and D, basically for a couple of credits and a couple of clicks, and see three cards out, that was quite strong. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I felt like I should have lost. Um, but as soon as I got in and I won those side games, he was on the back foot and, because he didn't have a Caprice, he didn't have an Issei token, and I ha- I was set up. So, yeah, it was a phenomenal game. Phenomenal.
0: Yeah. yeah we look forward to watching it when, uh, I assume, Team Covenant will post on the YouTube channel? Yeah.
1: So, um... But Fantastic. It, it, overall, it was a great experience, you know. Um, my, my games with Timmy Wong, because Timmy Wong knocked me into the loser's bracket and then knocked me out. So, he's a great player, um, you know, and one of the things I've got a lot of respect for Timmy about is the fact that he comes up with these interesting, innovative decks every year. Um, he doesn't just play, you know, I don't have a problem with net decking, but, you know, someone who can just build a deck, turn up to worlds, play it, and, you know, finished second and third consecutive years. That's that's pretty impressive, you know. Not yeah, It I means agree. he's not yeah. just a good player, he's a good deck builder. Um, and you know, both of those things in one player is pretty rare. So you no know, fair play to him.
2: That's fantastic, Dave. So you you were saying earlier that you're gonna head along again next year. Yes, it's it's had that much of an effect on you that you've enjoyed it even the second time round. The gloss didn't wear off. You still
1: had fun. So in some ways it was more fun this year because I knew a lot of people. So um, a lot of the people I met last year um, I got to see again, chat to, just kind of hang out and. Because I'd come with a massive group of Brits, I didn't actually hang out with a lot of the people I wanted to as much. So, kind of, I want to go back and just see a lot of the awesome people I've met. Um, you know, playing Netrunner for days at a time is super fun. Um, and but honestly, it's a lot of the people who are there that make it really. Mm. Yeah.
0: That's no, it's, fantastic.
1: It's a great experience. I'm sure we'd all have to go one time.
2: But, yeah. Uh, I'd really like UI. to come again next year. So I'll yeah. see what I can do. Um,
1: my top tip is just start saving. Um, what I said to the UK guys, if you want, said if you come to World, it's an amazing experience. Um, you know, this is how much it's going to cost. And effectively, I just said, this is how much you need to put away um, every month. And that's actually quite manageable for people. If you start doing it and saving now, it, you can do it if you say to someone, hmm, "Worlds is in, you know, three or four months. Two whatever. Weeks. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to go? People can't afford it. So if you plan for it, it's fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. particularly if you're uh, like us and not in the US. Yes, and uh, it's, it's it's quite expensive to get there. So, Dave, uh, always always great to have you on. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything you wanted to just say about Worlds that you haven't shared, or any perhaps an anecdote you really wanted to get out there into the
1: world? Um, I'm going to tell this story, even though it's, it makes me sound like an idiot. But, uh, so, okay. someone said to me, uh, someone said to me when I was at, uh, in the, I'd won one of my games in the top six, and they said, oh, you're, you know, that's really well played, you know, you're, you're a scary, really good player. And, uh, my response to them was, well, I'd say i do it for the challenge, but in truth, it's not that hard. It's terrible. <laughs> so terrible. can't believe i got where. <laughs> yeah. For anybody who doesn't realise, that's the flavour text on Leela, um... So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> it's good. That's did,
2: good you, right? did your opponent know that that was the flavor text yeah, on the wall? Or did well, they just look sort of at you like, like mm, you're a horrible
1: character. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you're so arrogant, I can't believe you're playing that right now, you're representing <laughs> 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 No, no.
0: He's off there writing some arrogant tweet about you, I think, yeah. No, no, it's good that's all good so. alright so thanks so much for coming on Dave and, and um, sorting out this time zone thing <laughs> as we deal with um, we, we have to have you on more often just like we, we've said to a lot of people but uh, we really enjoy you on hopefully we'll get you on for some card highlights or deck text things like that we'd we'd love to have you back and I think our listeners really enjoy your presence too so it's been a pleasure as always cheers guys thank you and if you want to get in contact with us you can do so at thewinningagenda.gmail.com you can hit us up on Twitter at Winning Agenda and you can go like our Facebook page and post something you like uh, on the Winning Agenda on Facebook. So thanks so much everybody for listening. You can tune in next Monday ad nauseam. So we'll see you then. Bye guys. Thanks guys. Say goodbye David. Bye.
2: There we go. (laughs) Yay. (laughs)